I'm going to do you a favour. If your mum is around and you haven't yet texted her or called her, do so now. Grab out your phones. I actually do want you to grab out your phones. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little game before I kick into the sermon. I'd like you to grab your phone or a piece of paper and a pen. What that is, young people, it's this writing instrument that you hold with a hand and then you... Yeah, okay. They did look confused. (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day, and it's important for us before we even get kicked off that I want to acknowledge that Mother's Day isn't always just about mums, right? There are people in this room that haven't had the chance to be a mum yet, who yearn to be a mum potentially, um, or have lost their mum. There's a lot of like confusion sometimes around th- things like this. So we just, I just want to acknowledge that there are aunties, grandmas, nanas, and godparents in this room. And we just want to say, you are awesome. Can we give those ladies a round of applause? Okay. Hey, awesome. Kia ora, welcome. Um, I have a, a bit of a message on my heart this morning, but um, I also want to do something a little bit different. But I once heard a wise man say, no, I'm not going to say that, but you've heard, it, heard me say, um, difference okay. So we're going to do something a little different this morning. So I've got a bit of a Mother's Day message um, on my heart. So um, mothers can be um, a formative role in your life right? Mothers can be formative role in the positive, one hopes, and for the most part, usually. But I also want to acknowledge right off the get-go that bunches of us don't have or haven't had the opportunity to have positive um, mother role models. But I've been reflecting a little bit over the last two weeks on some of the characteristics of God. And I've been reflecting on that, thinking about some of the characteristics of God. I've done a bit of a study through it and really enjoyed looking at that. And as I was coming up to this week, I thought I had this random idea and I didn't know if it was a God idea or a Dre idea. I guess we'll find out. Um, But it was this, that what I'd like to do is take the time and unpack some of the attributes that we see in mums, generally speaking, um, and look at those and see if we can find any of those um, in God. Now, I want to make the, the distinction straight away. I'm not saying that um, God is a, a mother, but what I am saying is a lot of the awesome attributes that we see on our mums, we see from God first, correct? Um, and we're going to unpack some of those this morning. And hey, here's the thing. Comparing God to anyone is limited, but it can be uh, beautiful. It can beautifully illustrate uh, some of his character. And here's the thing that I've found over my many, many, many years of walking on this earth is that um, you, it's helpful to see God uh, in, in a human form. It's, it's helpful to see God explained as something because God is so big, he is so infinite, but yet our understanding is so finite. And I think that's really awesome that, that God, that Jesus came and he called God Father. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other people who have called God different names. And I think that God does that because he understands us. He understands that it's, it's, it's helpful for us to look at, at a parent and a mum and just go, man, that is some of the characteristics. The way that that mum is holding that little baby right now is just the way that I feel like when, God, when I step into God's presence, those types of things. That analogy, that picture can be really helpful. So that's what we're going to do this morning. 
Um, Isaiah 49 verse 15 says this, Can a mother forget her infant or be without tenderness for the child of her womb? Uh, This is a prophetic word. Even though she forget, uh, she may forget. I will never forget you. So Isaiah refers to God as a mother. Moses did it as well where he talks about womb imagery. Um, Hosea does it. He describes God as a mother bear. Um, and there's this, this, this Christian father, St. Augustine, and uh, he takes some length, and it's quite hard reading, but he talks about a dinner table, a banquet table, and he says this. He says that in many ways, the truth, the wisdom, and the knowledge that God has, it's like a beautiful dinner table that a baby would never be able to eat. An infant, a small child's never going to be able to consume that. But the mother, through her milk, is able to give all the nutrients. And uh, St. Augustine unpacks this idea about how in many ways that's what God does for us. We can't fully comprehend the uncomprehendable God. But he speaks to us in small. He speaks to us in part, in milk sometimes, in smaller bits of food. Um, And so it was interesting for me to read that and hear him talking about the closeness of what a mother is like that God is like as well. He said it's like mother's milk. Even Jesus did it, referring to God as, some, as a parental figure. He says father several times. Um, and what's the interesting thing about this is the, the word that's used there isn't just parental father. There's a more formal term, but he says Abba father, at least in a couple of those occasions, which is more closely related than f- from father. It's more closely related to daddy, papa is that intimacy. And so what Jesus is doing there is saying, hey, you know, Jesus is my dad. Jesus, uh, sorry, God is the, Jesus is saying, God is my father. He is my papa. And that he can be yours too. And so immediately when he uses that language, it's completely different to other worldviews of God because God is big and from afar. And he's saying, no, 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 he is my daddy. He's my papa. Does anyone know any Christians that might call God daddy or papa? I know a couple. Um, it always makes me, uh, at first I'm like, oh. and then I'm like, all right, yep, fair enough. Um, and go for it if that's, if that's the way you feel uh, towards your God. So even Jesus did it. Um, but our key scripture this morning is Luke chapter 13. So if you've got your Bibles, feel free to open up Luke chapter 13. And we're going to talk a little bit just about this picture that Jesus gives. And I have to give a little bit of context, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Um, Verse 31, he's talking to some of the Pharisees. And what's interesting is the Pharisees come to him and they say, leave this place and go somewhere else because Herod wants to kill you. So obviously there's some people in the Pharisees that respect Jesus, don't want Jesus to die. Verse 32, he replied, go tell that fox. So he starts the analogy. I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. There's a prophecy in there. Verse 33, in any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. For for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Then we get into it. Jerusalem, this is his cry to his people. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those who, uh, those sent to you. How often, this is Jesus, the Son of God, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. Look, your house is left to be desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus himself describes his love and affection for us as a mother hen. 
has anyone here had the privilege of having chooks around the house over the years? And uh, if you've, has anyone ever had baby chooks, baby chickens? Um, I was going to call them chicklings. I'm making up words again. Um, there we go. Um, that's, I'm glad we don't have seven or eight kids at once. Whew. Um, but she's doing it and she's bossing it. And sometimes, you know, you're in this perfect sort of spot and uh, mum's got you and, and everything's okay and, and the, the sun's out and you're in dry grass and, and that's okay. And sometimes, how many people know being a parent, being a mum, looks more like this? <laughs> they sold you this, you got this. <laughs> um, any mums had a day like that? Wave your hands in the air. Yeah. You're like, where's Brian? Oh, he's out in the puddle. Um, and uh, so I, I just love that picture. She looks stressed. <laughs> There's this, um, I think she's 12th, no, 14th, 12th century. 12th century um, theologian. Her name was Julian of Norwich. And she was actually the first female author um, ever to be published, they believe. Uh, certainly in England and they think in the whole world. And she says this, the language is a little old school, understandably. A mother's work touches us more ne- most nearly. It is carried out with the greatest alacrity, which means fervor, uh, and is the most reliable. Its nearness is because it is the most natural. Its alacrity is because it is the most loving, and its reliability is because it is the most true. No one could even perform this service perfectly except Christ alone. This lovely, loving word mother is so sweet and so close to our heart of nature that it cannot really be used of anyone but him. This is where I'd like to say I'm not necessarily describing God as a mother and there might be a part of you that makes you feel uncomfortable. But I do think, I categorically believe that there are attributes of motherhood that God has and that we are Christ-like images of him and therefore we represent him in that way. And so I love that kind of idea, that kind of picture. Um, a characteristic of a mother, generally speaking, I understand that we've all had different situations, or maybe you lost your mother at a young age, but it would be fair to say that in most cases they're fearless, they're unconditional love, um, they ha- they're forgiving, they're a teacher, they're predict- uh, protective, they are a provider, they're challenging us to grow, they're instructive, they're um, firm, they're fearless, they are intimate, right? That's the goal. That's the way that God had designed mums. They, they, I believe, you know, they are designed in a way to have those attributes on them. I remember uh, that last Christmas, Evie was just one and um, just basically a baby still. Like she was walking, but in every other way a baby, and we treated her like a little, little baby. And then um, my mother and I think one of my aunties got her a doll. And we were like, well, that's cool, but she's a baby. She's not going to be that interested. And so we sat there on Christmas Day, and she opens this thing up. And she's never, ever done this before. She was never instructed. She didn't have any little baby siblings around. But she saw the baby and went, oh, Baba! Grabbed the baby and went like this. And we were like, that's so weird. And she just carried that little Baba around. Never instructed, but there's something in her designed to love and care and teach and be there for this this baby and it was gorgeous except when she grabbed it by the leg and she's like come baby drags it across the room and it was quite lifelike so occasionally i'd hold the baby like this and hand it be across the other room we'd just be talking i'd hold the fake baby and i'd go oh ah. yeah 
<clears throat> then we had a conversation. <laughs> so, it is innate. You know, mothers dream, they pray, and they plan for us before birth. Uh, they go through childbirth. They, there's a pain uh, contributed. They feed us from their own bodies. They protect us. They provide for us, and they teach us, and they grow us, ideally, correct? And so I look at these things, and I, I, I was just thinking of God, and I was just thinking, you know, there are some stuff that we see on mums that we know that God is true. And if my big point today is simply this, is that you can look at your own mum, hopefully if she's a good example, or your wife if she has been a mother, or your grandkids, or your, grand, or your daughter, or your son, if they've been good parents, hopefully you can look at that and be reminded of some of the attributes that God has for you. He, he fearlessly wants to chase after you. He's protective of you. Even jealous, one might say. So he is, in many sense, maternal if we take some of those attributes. And you can use the word paternal if you want, and if this is Father's Day, we'd be doing the same. But it's Mother's Day, so we're going to use that. He is all of those things for you. Now, for one or two of you today, you may not have ever heard that. You have probably never thought about you as a baby, or if you've held your own little baby and went, God loves me as much as this. Can I be, do something really awkward? Can you turn and look at that corner right there? Sorry, already done. <laughs> but there's an illustration, right, of a dad that loves his daughter. God loves you that much. He has that, uh, that much adoration for you. I'm going to pay for that later on, by the way. I love you, friend. He's optimistic. He, has a, he loves you. He's for you. He is not against you. Your God wants you to succeed. He wants you to go step into the blessings that he has and the dreams that he has for you. He believes that you can do it. He believes that you can. Has anyone got one of those mums that you do one thing and she's like shows everybody, tells everybody and is super proud of you? Anyone got a mum like that? Lucky you. No, I'm not joking. No, I love my mum. Um, trustworthy. He is so trustworthy. He is trustworthy that um, my father-in-law always says that he will pay for what he orders. It's important for us to remember that. He is a healer. Our mothers are a healer. You know, there's so many times they have to put the plaster, and you know there's nothing under that plaster, but somehow the kids know that plasters fix things. Um, it's weird. He's empathetic. He understands. Why does, why does God understand? It's because he was sent as a man, and he's been through what you've been through. He's been through the temptations, been through the struggles. Jesus is empathetic to how you feel. He understands and knows. And he is the restorer. He can redeem and renew. God shares some of his loving characteristics of mothers, but you can too. You know, one of the biggest things um, that I struggle with, and I'm not talking anyone in particular, but I have to be honest, I think that for, the, for a large majority of us, for a large majority of our time, we have our me blinkers on. You've heard me talk about this. We've looked, we look through life with our glasses. That's me and my life, me and my family. 
And that's cool that you've got your families back. Maybe they're a little bit bigger. Maybe they're Alton John glasses and you can see, you know, to a couple of people around you. And you're looking through that lens, but I want to encourage you that you, you will never understand the impact that you have on this earth. You will never know. I love what Lyndon said that his neighbors has said to him, you know, you're always there for us. And Lyndon's like, oh, not really. I was like, but that's because you've shown them love. And in a world where that's not shown very often, guess what happens? It stands out. It's noticeable. I want to tell you a little story. Um, one day I was driving in the car with my wife and my father-in-law, Mike. And I don't know where we had been, but we were driving in between two sort of um, cemeteries, kind of reserves, close to where we all lived. And we're driving along the road, and we saw this little movement run across the road. And it was a tiny little duckling, little tiny thing. Um, its name was Frunk. We, well, we called it Frunk. It didn't tell us its name was Frunk. That'd be weird. But it was a little paradise duckling, just like that. And it was so cute. And we looked around, and there were no ducklings, no ducks. But it was the middle of nowhere, and there's cats and dogs that just run around wild there. We lived in the east side. Um, <clears throat> yeah, only the east siders can laugh. Good work. Um, <laughs> so... We stopped and we were like, oh, what do we do? Mike's already jumping out the car and he grabs this cute little duckling and I was like, your name shall be Frunk. I don't know why. It just looked like a Frunk. Um, so we grabbed Frunk and uh, we're like, what are we going to do? And Mike's like, well, I've got little baby chicks um, and, a, and a broody hen. I'll put them with her. And so he, he puts this, grabs this little duckling, throws it in and it gets pecked and then kicked back out. Throws it in, gets uh, pecked and kicked out and he says well I'll come back in a couple of hours and we'll see how we go and it was at night time and he came back and it was I think it was raining and it was just outside and he was like well you know this is your last chance he picks up the hen throws the duckling under with the, all the little chicks closes it down and then in the morning we go out and there's no frunk and we're looking around for frunk we can't see frunk and then what we see is this funny little noise we hear this funny little noise come out and uh, frunk pops his little head and it's like quack and um, all the other ducklings are like, bro, you're really weird looking. Um, but this mum adopted little baby Frunk. And um, it was real cute. That they're not paradise ducklings, but he would walk around with the rest. And I don't know if you know this, if you've had chickens, but when chickens make noise, um, you know, sometimes there's a different noise and you know something's up. And so I poked my head out and I was like, what's going on? And the mum's like, ah! And I was like, went outside to the chicken coop and all the chicks are, uh, it's raining. All the chicks are out the back. And here's the mother hen, like, underneath the balcony, going, bark, bark, bark. That's my best chicken voice. And um, he's, she's trying to get the attention. I'm going to look over, and here's a puddle, and it's raining. And what's Frank doing? Swimming around, doing duck things. And you could tell the mum was like, what are you doing? Come inside. All the other ducklings like, man, Frank's weird. Um, and, uh, and so finally he came in. But I love that that, that chicken had the spirit of adoption on her. She was like, you know what? You look a little different. You sound a little different and you swim when you shouldn't. We shouldn't be swimming. You're a bit weird, but you're a part of us. You are my whanau. You are part of me. And uh, I want, I want us to have that spirit that we go, you know what? You're a little bit weird. You go swimming when you shouldn't, but you are a part of us. I am a part of you. And um, one day I won't tell the rest of the story about Frank. <laughs> parents can let us down, but God doesn't. I understand that many of you will have stories similar to, say, what I've had. Um, 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, it is from God that parents receive their children, and it's to God that they should lead them. It's not always the case, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, my, my example, I had a great mom who, you know, she taught me to skateboard. How cool is that? Taught me to back a trailer. Um, but, you know, there were some things that she didn't have the skills to teach me. Um, but, and often what you'll find is hurt people hurt people. And so you need to understand as an adult that if you grew up with a mum or a dad or a parental figure that perhaps hurt you, I would, I would wager a large bet that they were hurt themselves and they're broken. Um, and so that hopefully is a little bit of an encouragement that it doesn't come from a place of hate or anger, but rather brokenness. And you can, you know, that, I have found that helpful myself. God has the ability to do a reset. I was talking to Warren just the other day, yesterday, about how God has the ability to reset your thinking. I didn't have great parents growing up. I didn't have active parenting in my life. But through God, through the renewing of my mind, through the ability to come under his presence and a little bit of obedience, over time, God can restore, redeem, and renew you. Uh, mums have an inbuilt mission mindset to love and grow their kids. At least we should. I would love for us to think like that too. Wherever you are, there are people right now that are feeling disconnected and that you can do something for them. Um, a couple of months ago, in my last story, I had uh, three ladies. They're awesome. They're all about the age. Like, I think they've all got kids my age. Um, and it was Susie James, wherever she is. Uh, there you go, Susie. That's awesome. Jan, are you here? I think I saw you today. Jan, she's somewhere. She's down the back. And uh, Mrs. Mack, where are you? She was there somewhere too. Anyway, over one week, all three of them came up to me and gave me a pat on the shoulder and said, man, I love you. You are doing a good job and I'm proud of you. All three of them separately. Now, I'd like to stand up here and say, I don't need that. I'm a big man and I can do everything myself. But for me personally, not having a mum that sees what I do as a beneficial for anyone else, it was really awesome, really encouraging to have women that would be the age of my mum to come up and say, hey, I'm for you. And I have men in my life like that too, Mr. Matt Parenton and others that are able to come in and just say, hey, you know, you're doing a good job, son. And that encourages you. And you can do that for someone else. You can have a motherly spirit, a fatherly spirit if you wish. Again, it's just Mother's Day today. But I think we change culture. I think we change world when we decide, hey, you weird-looking frunk thing, come and hang out with me. Come and jump under my uh, roost. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Like I said, never underestimate love in action. This is where we're going to do something a little different. Turn to the person and say, different is okay. This is what I would love to do. If you're, say, uh, under a young adult, uh, if you're a teenager here today, I'd like you to, to probably be do what the rest of us do. But can we have everybody standing, please? This is what I'm going to get us to do. I really felt prophetically that I want to honor the ladies, the women, of God in our church today. And I know it's a little different, and maybe it's ever so slightly awkward, but I think it is important that we honor our woman. We pray for them. And so even if you are, say you're of an age to be a mum, I'd like you to stand up with the rest of the ladies as well, because you are aunties, you are God daughters, you are 
um, godparents. You're all of those things. And at some point, maybe uh, you might be a mother as well. And we want to pray over you guys. Is that okay? Yes, Trey, we'd love to. Good work. Well done. This is what I want you to do. If you're a mum um, or a woman of that age, as awkward as it might be, we want to honor you and respect you and bless you. So what I'd like you to do is we are going to pray for you as a church. So what I want is, can I get all of those women I've just mentioned, can you come and stand to the outside of the chairs, and we're going to pray for you. So it's going to look like a weird semicircle. Everybody else, the men especially, and the kids, we want you to stay in the middle, and we're going to get you to pray for someone. Can you do that now? Awesome. We can hear some music in the background quietly. That'd be great. Find a spot. Off you go. Thanks, mums. On the outer. Not literally. Fantastic. And just while some music's playing in the background. You give life, you are loved. We're going to honor and we're going to pray for our mums this Mother's Day. So if you're comfortable, I would like you to go find a mum or a woman. If, if you could find your wife, I would encourage you to do that initially. And we're going to do some other prayer as well. So if you can find your spouse, feel free to pray for them. Now, here's the thing. If you see someone standing by themselves, go and pray for that person. What I want you to do is this, a blessing and speak words of encouragement over them. If you're shy about that, double up with someone. If you see someone looking shy and you're comfortable enough to pray, just grab a person and say, come with me uh, and we're going to lay hands. This is how you do it. Mike, can you come up here? Mike is a lady for this thing. Don't do this. Hi. Okay, that's weird and creepy. And you say, just going to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm going to pray. Okay? Just give him clear instruction. Okay. Bless you. You've got two minutes. Go find your spouse or mum or someone in your family and go and pray for them. Come on, kids. Come on, dads. Granddads. Go find someone you know and pray for them. Bless them. Speak words of life over them. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just lift up these women. We lift up these women to you. We thank you for the blessing that they are in our lives. We thank you for the blessing that they are in their families. In Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that they would be lifted up in Jesus' name. All right, let's get praying. Fantastic. Thanksgiving and uplifting prayer to mums. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're working in people's lives. Hey, one thing. If you are a grandma, an auntie, a cousin, a godmother, an adopted mum, if you're carrying that motherly spirit, but you maybe don't have your own child right now or they've grown up, Can you just wave your hand in the air? I just feel a sense to pray for those people. So someone go pray and lay hands on Catherine MacArthur. When I did this, I saw you, Maxine. Someone lay hands on Maxine. You have a motherly heart for many. Someone put a hand on her and pray for her. Father, we thank you for Maxine and we pray a blessing over her. We pray that she would be blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 
Hey, and the last one, and you should be getting a gift right now as well. If anyone is brave enough, if you are holding some hurt around a mum, maybe you've lost your mum, maybe your mum wasn't around, maybe she didn't do everything that you would have hoped and planned. If you're brave enough, could you raise your hand and we'd love to come pray for you because I know that it can be really hard. Awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise that hand. Awesome. Thank you. All right. We're just going to take another 30 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. If there's a mum in a huggable distance, why don't you give her a hug right now and tell her that you love her. She might be your wife, might be a grandma, might be someone you met this morning. Just tell them they're great. Give them a high five. Tell them you love them. So good. Okay. Thank you very much for letting me do something different. I hope, mums, you feel valued and loved and honoured. You are. If anyone says different, they're lying. <laughs> hey, um, what we're going to do is we're just going to come to an end, I think, if that's okay. You are right with that, Willie? All right. Can I pray? Here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you on this Mother's Day that you are doing great and marvelous works in the lives of the mums. I pray for the single mums. We lift them up. I pray for the soon-to-be mums. We thank you for them and we lift them up. I pray for the want-to-be mothers. We lift them up. Father, we thank you for those um, that had great mums. We pray a blessing on them. And Father, I thank you for that maternal spirit and I speak it over all of us, guys included, that we would be willing to chase after those chooks, those ducklings that have no one, to love them, to be with them. In Jesus' name, amen.